We, I thought we weren't going to get a podcast out this week. We, looks like we're gonna we're gonna manage it. How are you both? You looking well? Hush. Hello, Brian. Hey, Brian. Big what, Brian, lad? Oh, Brian, lad. Do you, uh, are you are you always with Brian these days, Tank? Me and Brian are like, look, we have a bond, don't we, mate? Look, he's a fucking belter. Look at that. Is he well behaved? No, he's a little bastard. Batters the dogs and everything. Me and really, yeah. He says, "Up, he scratches like fuck." But he is funny, like. What's his What's his deal with sofas and stuff? Because I'd love to get a pet, but the thought of like the dog eating me sofa or rip, like biting me door frames. Have a little sit down. Look, he's chilled. How much did he cost? You know, it's ten Bitcoin. He doesn't. He doesn't want to tell us that, does he, Jim? Ten <laughs> Bitcoin, lad, is a, a million crypto. Seven hundred fifty. What's he got? It's not bad. It's not bad. He's like a, a British uh, short hair or something. He's a nice cat. Jimbo, whose fault was it that we didn't do a podcast this week, or ne- or didn't do one that. last week? Didn't do uh, one last week. <clears throat> I'm taking umbrage with uh, the tweet that you put out and I nearly said something like, oh, if we can get the book. It's never me. It is never me. Last week, Tank... Literally was literally was you the other day. You were on the way to no, training. No, no. What do you mean? Literally, Tank, Tank was like, oh, I can do 11 and then just disappeared till four o'clock and then no one else could do it. And then no, the and before... Me and, and it changed. And then me and Tank said, oh, we're doing today. And you just never said anything. And then, like, by Wednesday, you went, I could have done Monday. Well, why didn't you fucking say anything? So I've told you the time slots I can do of a Monday. You and didn't. then, I, no, I definitely did. And then no you, one could you, do you, those. Yeah, then then the, the, the other day, Tank was like, yeah, I can do half one. So I'm sat here at half one with all my notes ready to go. Didn't hear from Tank till four o'clock. <laughs> then I said, right, go on, we can jump on now and do it. Then Jimmy sends me a picture on the way to training. So I was like, okay, so we're not doing today. So I feel like we're all equally as culpable to this. Not to me. Jimmy's going to which one was in. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's never, no, nothing is ever Jimmy's fault, though, to it's be fair. It's not my fault. Anyway, I've made myself a nice cup of coffee. Oh, I'm glad. Jimmy, can oh. I just say something, mate? <laughs> 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 I'm going to get a photo of that. Wait there, Jim. Give us a big slurp. Jimmy, why is your head that shiny? Have you polished that? <laughs> Smile, Jim. No, What's your skincare just... routine, Jim? You are. Skincare routine? No, I don't, you know. It's just, I think it's a light. He's had Botox, this... Tank. He's had Botox. Li- no, I've just got this light shining on me. See, I'm not shining anymore. I've just got a fucking full bright light on me. Yeah. Bang of the only way is Essex off him. He'll come in with fucking Ryland teeth next week. Uh, I, I do need to. I went to Waterworld yesterday and I'm right fat cunt now as well. And I need to start sort of looking after myself now and getting a bit older. Jim, how are you possibly fat, mate? You're well, the I'm not, person I'm not I've ever fat, met but like the, the dad bod's creeping up on me. And like, I just don't give a shit about any. I'll eat what I want and I don't do any exercise. So, how old are you now, Jimmy? I turned 38 in December, pal, so it's getting there. I, I'm actually pleased for how I look for 38, but I would like to be... <laughs> Giving himself loads of praise. <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually quite happy that I've got fucking boz eyes. My face is a mess. Dead shiny. <laughs> one thing I ain't got is boz eye. I've got a, spa- a, a funny lip and all sorts, but one thing I ain't got is boz eye. you got lovely blue eyes. One blue that way, one blue that way. <laughs> Oh, you've seen that video too, have you? <laughs> it's a belter, isn't it? 
Halloween, Halloween, lads. We didn't catch up over Halloween. What any uh, Halloween traditions in your households, Jim? You're always getting the families together for a big party. Yeah. What did you just get up to? We live on like a little, uh, like a new build estate, and it's and it's like um, it's it's in a cul-de-sac. It's it's like a circular road with a green in the middle, and then you have got some other houses, and it goes up and round and. Honestly, it's like it's like being in America. Everyone's out. Everyone's putting the pumpkins out if they want trick or treaters. It's class, mate. I love it. So we go out, take the kids out, and uh, one year we had a party on the green. I don't think that'll happen again. But yeah, it's it, we love it round here, especially on our estate. Same goes for Christmas. It's it's like National Lampoon's Battle of the Christmas Lights. And I, I was just know. I was just gonna say thank you. Wanna see Jimmy when it comes to Christmas time with his Christmas lights, mate? It, it, you have seen uh, National Lampoon's Christmas? Is it Christmas <laughs> Vacation, Jim, or something like yeah, that? Uh, it like his house is is like the bloody the National Grid, like you know what I mean? It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. What about you, Tank? I I don't know why I feel like you don't get sweets in, you don't answer the door. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. My Halloween is it's Sharon's mum's birthday. So they all go to the sisters and they all go trick-and-treating. And this is the God's honest truth. My ritual every year is close every curtain in the house and don't answer a fucking thing what knocks. Couldn't, couldn't do head. that. It's harsh, that. Just listening to people knocking on the door going, don't see me. They're <laughs> buzzing on the gates, to be honest, and they can't get to the door. Oh. <laughs> do you know what I was just thinking about there when Tank mentioned the mother-in-law? I'm still not over the fact that he kept yeah. his mother-in-law. I, I just know, yeah. I didn't believe Every that. time he says the mother-in-law, I think, oh, no, I don't you want to You know care. what? I was talking about that then. One of the lads we were talk talking about something like fucking... Anyway, and he said, oh, do you get up to the mother-in-law? I went, yeah, yeah, I get on great. But you do, I get on great, but she's fucking breathing. Like, and she can take a joke. She has to, don't get me wrong. Yeah. She has to. I send her all of them sex noise videos and everything, and she loves it. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, Jesus. <laughs> And it just Dude. to remind me, Tank, it was full. The knickers came down as well. It was full. Yeah, that wasn't meant to be fair, but it must have been loose. It's been a, it must have been a new pair of knickers for Christmas. You put on with a bit loose, but I've just gone like. <laughs> and the knickers new never knickers come all the way. Do you know what I mean? They never come all the way down, but they like they are. You saw Beaver. No, because she was facing the kitchen that way. Did anyone see Beaver? It, or was it was no when she bent down to, to pull them back up again. That's when she started smiling at me. I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> Winky. Uh, so before we get into the footy, because there's loads I want to get into, Tank um, and Garnu Fury. The one thing I would say about that is boxing doesn't come across very well there. Does Boxing Boxing lost that night a little bit, didn't he? I think Bob, we spoke about this a couple of weeks back when it was the fucking, um, that Dillian and whatever they are. Boxing's boxing is killing itself. And, am I right in saying that? Has, hasn't some of the big US um, sports channels cancelled um, contracts with some of them as well? I'm yeah, sure man. it was being that the other day. But you know what? It's boxing's own fault because you have a look at the heavyweight now. There's some great fights out there, and particularly the heavyweight division. There's some big fights that can be made out there, and none of them want to fight each other. So the fact that Tyson Fury fought him in the beginning was a bit of a farce. And he's obviously not took it serious. And I never watched it because I just can't bring myself to pay to watch these stupid fights. But by all accounts, it did look like he, he lost the fight. Yeah, he might have just he yeah. might have just edged it, but he looked poor. Like he, yeah. he 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 looked to me, he looked like he didn't train. Um, and to be fair, Francis and oh, Garnu for 
was was impressive. He did way better than I thought he thought he would. Um, so yeah, just it was just a a weird one. And I'm the same as you, Tank. I'm not. I wish they just put it all in the bin and get back to what it used to be, putting on the best fights. But as we've spoke about a couple of weeks ago, boxing boxers seem to do all they can possibly do to avoid the biggest fight and fighting the best these days. So, um, Jimbo, I want to come to you first, right? And okay. my first question is actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna read some stats before I ask you the question. I'm gonna talk about Manchester United to start with, right? Yeah. You just come back with stats about Harvey Elliott now. No matter what your stat is, he let you with a Harvey Elliott stat. Hey, why, I don't, why are you acting like I'm a Man United fan? Come on. Also, why why do you hate Harvey Elliott? I don't. I don't, I don't hate Harvey Elliott. You got. Just, I was mad the other day. By the way, you got. I know mad. you were. I know you were. And that, my point mad. is. My point is, is you'll use. Did you hear what I said on Twitter? I was like, you just play into the gallery now. I know Bobby, you did. I, got, I know I got you. And I wasn't. I, was, I wasn't. I was just literally proving a point that you'll use stats for one person and then completely different stats for someone else. So, like, I get that one's a striker, but still, anyway. You're, we do you know why I think you're talking utter shite here, by the way? I think you're just saying it's why I'm up. I'm not. Genuinely don't. I want my attacking midfielders. If anyone talks about Kevin De Bruyne, right, they'll talk about his goals and his assists. More assists than goals, but they'll talk around his assists. If you're talking about Jack Grealish, when you start talking about these players that are in these attacking players, and I know you're going to say, oh, Harvey he played there all last season. He might be playing a bit deeper. But even still, I want assists and goals from a player if you're saying that they're an integral part of the team. Well, Harvey Elliott isn't an integral part of Liverpool's you team. You said he fucking makes the whole Liverpool team tick. I was talking, that was Curtis Jones. Oh, sorry. Okay, fair enough. Look, you're tying yourself up in knots. No, no, no. All right, I, I got me. But even still, I don't think, my point is. Harvey Elliott should not, should not be um, based on goals and assists. He's a completely different type of player. Let's get to your point here. Anyway, anyway, don't get me started, right? Please don't mention Harvey Elliott. So I'm going to read you some stats. Manchester United now. Fifth home defeat in 10 games across all competitions. Eight mm. defeats in 15 games. The worst start since 1962. First time they've conceded three goals in consecutive games at home since 1962. They must have been shite in 1962, by the way. That's what I'm thinking there. Uh, Jim, Ten Hag, is he a tin roofer, mate? Is he, a, is he an utter spoofer or what? I don't... Yes and no. It's a, it's a hard question to answer. I think the the recent history of Man United will dictate that no one can go in there and do anything with his current crop of players. What will what will lie on Ten Hag is is um, <clears throat> as the players he's bought and the players he's bought have been awful. So that will that will lie on Ten Hag. He's got opportunities, and I don't know if that's him going. I want this guy go and get them, and they've gone. Yep, yeah, fine, we'll do that. Or someone above him might go, or like Hoyland, look, let's go get him, and he probably will come good. He, he you know, he, he's got the he's got the ability to do so, but <clears throat> at this moment in time, he's, he's he's not scoring, he's not leading the line, and then you've got the the other lads that they signed from from the Dutch league. So that will rely on Ten Hag. Last season, Ten Hag did all right. He did okay. He brought in some players and he did okay. The issue you've got now is I think that, and I said this in a couple of podcasts ago, I don't think anyone can do anything with this crop of players. 
I think the place is rancid from the top to the bottom. I don't think there's anyone anywhere, give them Jurgen Klopp, give them Pep, give them anyone, and I don't think they can do anything. Because I think Rashford's thinking the place out. I think the team is awful. They've they've recruited badly yet again. They've got no one in there that will come in and do what is needed for that club. So I just think that he's not done himself any favours. I think he'll be a good manager and he'll be an okay manager. I don't think he's an elite manager like some some um, like Man United need, but. The honest answer is to you, if they were to really if they were to stack Ten Hag today, other than Pep or Klopp, I don't know of anyone that could come in and go, grab this team by the balls and go, right, this is where we're gonna go and this is what we're gonna do. And people will start looking at Posta Coglu and stuff. I don't think he would have the same impact because it's not the same group of players. You've got people in there that Tottenham that are willing to fight and put in a uh, you know, put in a hard graph for him. And if he went to United and didn't say him, I don't think that group of players will do the same of what Tottenham players would do. So I think they, I genuinely don't know where Man United goes after this. And and I think Ten Hag isn't the man, And I, but I don't know who is, is the answer. Tank, do you know what I think, right? So I think there's some truth to, to what Jimmy's saying. I think the place is rotten at the moment. And I think the players have been given a free ride for a very, very long time. It seems evident to me that whenever a manager tries to put it up to them, the dressing room turns against the manager. And I think now you're starting to see, I think Ten Hag's lost the dressing room. Um, I can't see a way that he turns this around. I think there's too much player power. I think you look at, look at the, the carry on from Fernandez the other day. He is everything that is wrong with that club. I wouldn't have him anywhere. I wouldn't start Bruno Fernandes. Never mind have him as captain. I think he's a luxury player that doesn't want to run the other way. And I don't think he, his ends justifies the, the, the means at the moment. I know he's had good stats in the past, but I, I wouldn't have him anywhere near the team. Rashford seems to have down tools. I think it was actually, I seen something in the week. Um, you remember Ralph Ragnick when he came in? He, call, he, he called gonna, it perfectly yeah. as to what needed to be done at Manchester United. And as soon as he said that, it's like, oh, no, hold on. That's going to take too much work. You know, he, I think he even dropped Rashford. I think he was playing a langer instead of Rashford. So it's funny how these things over time are starting to show that Jose was right and did a bloody good job at Manchester United, all things considered. Um, he, uh, Ragnick was on the money with what needed to happen but I think what you're starting to see now Tank is Manchester United might stick with Ten Hag and the only reason that they'll stick with him is because he's the last in a line of managers that have that, that have struggled and they'll just say well we can't keep changing the manager but I don't think Tank he's done one thing to justify faith spent a load of money on poor players he's not improved one player in my opinion. In fact, he's fell out with players, multiple players at this point. He even turned around the other day after the Manchester City game and said that the players executed the game plan well. Are United just going to stick with this guy and then ultimately waste the season? What would you do and what do you make of it all? Well, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go back to some of Jimmy's points there because Jimmy said that no manager could do anything with that group of players. This fucking manager signed them all. Then Jimmy said Klopp and Guardiola. 
couldn't do anything with this group of players. And then he they says that it needs someone like Pep and Guardiola to come in. So No, I said, other than that, they're the ones he could bring yeah. in. Let's just get the facts right where we are now, right? This manager is the worst manager that Manchester United have ever had. Jimmy's the stat man. All the stats will tell you what that. He's, he's a complete <laughs> and utter disaster of a manager. Don't tell me that you can't do nothing with that squad. Don't tell me that because they've got some fucking good players. The Aston Villager manager, he's gone in there and took them from the bottom of the league to the, to the challenging for the top four with an almost identical squad. Why? Because he's got a set way of he plays and you fucking do it or you're out the door. The lad at Spurs, don't tell me that he couldn't have come in and improve Manchester United tenfold. He's gone, did you see James Madison's interview about him? He said he's come in and he said, these are my non-negotiables. You do them or you're not here. You're not on my team. So we set the standard straight away. This is how I play. You press from here. If you don't do that, you won't play for me. And Tottenham are playing, listen, Tottenham are in a fortune position because they've had a dream run of fixtures. But you can see the identity of what he's doing. This Ten Hag, and I called it from the fucking off, is the biggest spoof it you will ever see. And a manager who's struggling always goes back to the old route of signing players who's played under them and the fucking crap. You Honestly, I don't really know what Manchester United do from here because... You know, if you're if you're a top draw coach, you know how your side wants to play. You play either counter attack, high press, or whatever you play. I have no idea what Manchester United do. It's just like I'm going to pick these players, and I hope to God something happens. That an absolute car crash. And the way Gary never goes on about the owners, the owners, fuck off. Just get a set of bollocks, Gary Neville, and call it what it is. The manager is woeful. He's absolutely woeful. Not one of the signings has been any good. Name a sign and what you've gone. He's actually done all right, him. He's actually done all right. He's improved Manchester United slightly. You had the Golden Glove with him. Evans. The best <laughs> in the Premier League last season. But you release him because and you get a lad in who's good with his feet but has got no arms. That alone's a stackable offence. The fidget spinner, 85 million. I mean, we talk about Bruno Fernandes. How's he not being sent off for that swipe and punching? Yeah. You know, that's two sending offs in one. They're, they're an absolute carcass, but I do agree with you, Jamie. I'm not too sure how you can do this because a new manager is going to come in and, and you can guarantee that he'll want to get rid of 14 or 15 of them and just say, all go. They all have to be out of this club. And it, was, it was Ralph Ragnick who said, I think he said 10 players need to go at the time. I think he was said, and he said, look, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be phased over a long period of time. He goes, but there, there seems to me, Jim, an issue with the culture at the club. And you, I think they need to identify very, very quickly who are, well, you can see it on the pitch. In my opinion, you can see it on the pitch. Not a proper leader. Not, not, a, not a proper leader. And you know what? Tank raised at the point there. I know I slag Gary Neville a, a, a lot, but I think he justifies it. I think he, he flip-flops his opinions. Uh, he plays to the gallery. And he, he should not be able to commentate on Manchester United because he's probably a bit like me with Liverpool. He is his bias towards the club clouds his judgment. And I actually think it removes all his credibility when he talks about them. Because I used to love listening to Gary Neville. Now I find him unbearable. His inability to think critically and talk fairly about Manchester United and the excuses that he makes, it's just, it's, be, it's beyond ridiculous. And I actually think he's doing more harm than good for the club in trying to ignore things that are staring him in the face. And Tank said it perfectly, in my opinion. You don't know what type of team Manchester United are. 
Ten Hag's been there a while now. They still, Carragher said it, you play counter-attacking football. Didn't Ten Hag come in as a, as a manager that likes to dominate the ball and dominate possession? I've seen no signs of that. It just seems like the job is, is too big for him. And do you know what, Jim? I'll go one step further. Yeah. I think the job's too big for him. And I think he wants out. I, th- I, I can see it in his demeanour. Why wouldn't he? I mean, you go back to Ajax, they're doing awful on. They're like in the bottom two last time I saw Ajax. So, and he'll get a massive payoff. So, why wouldn't he want out? I've said it from the beginning, and I'll say it again. This group of players, and Rag, you know, Ragnar was right, is you, you can't play any type of football because the players aren't good enough. But if you think about the players he's bought, Onana, uh, that Malassia, who can't get in the team, he brought in um, uh, Martinez, who's injured. Varane was already there. Casemiro, who did, you know, who's, we're all applauding last year. And he seems like he swapped for his yeah, brother games, now. I think games where he was brilliant. Yeah, he did well. Same as Rassad. And then and then Anthony. And Anthony is awful. So, you, But you can't... The problem is, is the mentality of this squad. It's just, it just seems like they think, oh, we can overbear the manager and what we decide goes. So he can't... Where <clears throat> Postacoglu is different, he's got a group of players seemingly that have been um gal you know they were a good group of players on the con table it was it was a shit show and everyone hated him and he's coming all he's got to do is put an arm around that group of players he's brought in madison that was a you know a great signing with people like son and losing kane it's it's not rocket science to, to get players to who have the ability to run through walls the problem with the Manchester United is mentally they're not they're not that type of players. Not one of them will go. I'm going to grab the ball by the horns. You got Fernandez flailing his arms around. Anthony doesn't want anything to do with it. Rashford's clocked out by the end of last season after he thought he was you know his fucking fart stunk of roses because he got ten over ten goals for once. I just, it's just, as I said, and, and the owners have something to, to answer to. Of course they do. I saw that their debt that they initially bought the club was just 500 million. That's now a billion. So although Neville does go on it and he doesn't really talk around the football, he has a point. But what he needs to do is be more subjective to the football on the pitch because people will say, oh, they, you know, the owners don't influence the pitch. And it shouldn't do because they're going to get paid the players no matter what. So that... The only thing that you could be um, wary of, oh, am I going to get paid or whatever? If they get sold, they get millions. If they, you know, they've got no issues other than on the pitch footballers. That's all they need to think about. That's what so a that... manager, what a manager's got. You know, but to, no other club in this country owners get brought into it. None at all. You know, Liverpool have a complaint that their owners fucking had any chance of spending any money. But if we lose a game, we don't go. Oh, the owners. It, this is all the owners. It, it's everything's the owner. Everything is the Glazers' fault. Absolutely everything. And there's got to be some sort of accountability for the manager who spent. There is on the pitch. I get there's that. No, there's no accountability for that manager on the pitch. You watch Sky, and they, they're getting battered by everyone. They're just like, well, you know, the the, the whole club is poisoned from top to bottom. You know, the owners and the owners this and the the sporting directors not either. Well, hang on a minute. What the fuck is the manager doing on the training pitch? What is he doing? Because. I watched a little bit of the Newcastle game last night and it's so easy to play against Manchester United. It's so easy. So why doesn't the manager get his 
his coaches together and say, do you know what? We're having a bit of a fucking bad time here. Let's let's just go to a 4-4-2, two banks of four. Make sure we don't concede in the first 20 minutes. Be solid. And then we can build from there. Not just keep I saying... I that's what he wants to it's do. How's he going to do that, though, right? Them up. You said about the Tottenham lad. There's no, mate, he hasn't just gone into Tottenham and put the arm around him and said, look, let's all, you know, let's be lovely and tuffly. He's gone in there and he's laid it down. There's no negotiating with me how I play. This is how I play. And you fucking will do it. And, and the players have gone, yeah, I'm either going to do it or I'm not playing. Whereas I think if you did that at United, they go, I just won't play. Look at Sancho. But that's, but that's Sancho, the point, though, Jim. Sancho's got to do is say sorry. Players, he's signed but that, them. But that's the point, though, Jim. Do you think he's strong enough? So I, to go back to your point there, right? So you said it perfectly there. You've got the Spurs oh. manager. I, I think Eddie Howe would do a better job than him. I think... Um, uh, what's his name? Unai Emre would definitely do a bit better job. Klopp, Guardiola. I think there's loads of managers. That, uh, Deserby at Brighton, I think, would do an immeasurably better job than him. But you know what they all have? Balls. They have balls. So you said it perfectly there. If he comes in and said, this is the way we're going to play, and somebody like Rashford said, I'm not going to do it, or shows visible signs of not pressing, they should do what Ragnick did, which is bomb him. Bomb him. You don't, you don't play. But it seems like the players sing the tune not the manager. And that's where I think it's it's too big for him in that he doesn't seem no. to want to lay down the law enough that, for example, right, could you imagine within a strong dressing room, so when United got hockeyed to City the other day, Rashford is out that night. Now, p- players should have social lives, absolutely. Have a bit of awareness in the city where you've just had a local derby and you've had your, your ass handed to you. Keep your head down, go 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 away, lick your wounds, come back, train harder the next week and try and put it right. It just seems like there's, there's decisions being made from players that would never have dreamed to happen under the likes of a keen or a you know strong leader, strong yeah. dressing room. And I get that. I agree with you 100%. But if Ragnick comes in right and goes, right, this is how we're playing and... Let's just say he's got the squad he's got now. He goes, this is how we're playing. You're not doing it. You're not playing. You're going to lose Rashford. You're going to lose Anthony. You're going to lose Casemiro. You're going to lose Fernandez. You're going to lose... So how do you replace them sort of five players? What, just put the kids in and they lose and get battered anyway? Do, do you know you what they need to do, kids. though, Jim? You do you know what they need? Them. Yeah, right. I was going to say, if I think they've reached a point here where they've got loads of superstars that look like they want to down tools. Give me 11 players. Go and buy players with a point to prove. So, for example, they went and got somebody like a James Madison who's taking a step up to a bigger club where he he wants to go shine. Go and buy seven or eight of the next stars, not these players that think they're ready-made stars. That's I think United have reached that kind of inflection point now where it's, it's like, look, it's, it? it's, yeah, it is. It's it's not it's not working. Commercial. The old, it's a commercial yeah. decision, not a footballing decision. But it all started for me, and this is where maybe it does go back to the ownership in, in some degree, in that, remember when they, uh, what was his name, the lad from Arsenal, Sanchez, they gave him an absolute whopping contract. I think it was, and then all of a sudden, the other lads are like, well, hold on, Just knock on the door. I want that. I want that. I think they gave the lad from Forest, did they tank an absolute whopper Whopper contract. Did they hand us at the goalkeeper got a massive contract? They were giving out huge salaries everywhere. So all of a sudden, then you've got these players sitting on huge inflated salaries and they're not doing anything remotely close to justifying those salaries on the pitch. And I think it's just started to eat away at the culture of the club. I think you said it there, Jim. I 
you know, you would lose eight to ten of those players. Easy. I think they're the players that you need the, to lose problem. if but you the, want to turn it around. As you've just said, then the likes of the kid, the lad who was on loan at Forest and uh, never played a game, or he played one game or something for United. Done well at Forest, done really well, by the way. Looks a good mm. keeper. But because you come back there and United without panicking, the lads, the lads on 120 grand base a week. How, how do you justify that? But that's what Man United do. And this is where I think Man United are in for a real, real long, tough, tough time. Unless these owners bite the bullet and lose 100 to 200 million because Fernandez is the big, he's the most poisonous character you could ever have in a changing room. I couldn't imagine anyone worse that I've seen or played with who you would not want to be in the trenches with. He, he is the epitome of that. Now, he's probably on 300 grand a week with three or four years to go. So if you want to get rid of him, wherever he's going to go, he's going to get nowhere near them wages. So he's going to sit there and go, well, what are you going to do? You're going to have to pay at least half or pay me up in full and I'll go. It's going to cost 10, 20, 30 million just to get him off the books. The same at Rashford. Rashford's on a fortune. I've always liked Rashford the player. I think the lad's got potential. He's, he's a real threat. Always does it against Liverpool. But at the minute, he's kind of, and I do feel for him, by the way, just touching on Rashford, I think that he is the, he's the scapegoat for all the Man United fans. Man United fans, I can't believe they've never turned on Fernandez or the likes of this Anthony or someone like that. It's always the scapegoats in Harry Maguire and it's Rashford. Harry Maguire's actually come back in the side and I think he's done all right. He's not pulled up any trees. He's actually done okay. He's certainly not one where you go, he's coming aside and he's the main reason. You know, there's much, much worse players in that United side, but I agree with you. How do you get rid of him? How do you get rid of this massive, massive wages, what you hand out? And if you're a player now or a manager, and Man United come knocking on your door, you've got to seriously consider, as a player, it's a graveyard. That young lad, I like him. I think he's a fucking handful. He's he's raw, but he should be coming off the bench to replace someone like a Kane and learning the game slowly, slowly. You watch it, he'll be he'll just disappear in three or four years because the pressure's on him. United are having a bad time. He's not really scoring goals. He's not creating goals. He'll be another one in the graveyard. It's it's a poisonous chalice. I'm not too sure anyone would want to take that job neither. I'm gonna gonna stay with you for a second, Tank, because I want to. We, we've obviously spoken about owners at length, and I want to get your opinion because you said at the start of the season that you were worried about the recruitment that Liverpool have done. Uh, you felt you'd left ourselves a little bit short. And by all accounts, you're looking at this season, look, there's a lot of room in, to grow in this Liverpool team, but the lads in midfield seem to be, you know, they've made some cracking signings in there. They've injected a bit of energy. Um, you've got the young lad, Kwanzaa, who last night played uh, against Bournemouth and was outstanding, I thought, to be fair. And that could probably be one of the main drivers why Liverpool didn't rip up trees to go and sign a centre-back because they knew they had this little gem coming through. Where You were quite critical of the owners and, and Liverpool's recruitment. Where do you sit now with a bit of hindsight and seeing how it's all, all playing out? Obviously, Liverpool, we've started the season really strong. There's no two ways about that, but I'm not, I still think that we're, we're short, Jamie. I genuinely do. You know, we're playing McAllister, who for me, I love him as a footballer. He's not he's not a six as long as he's got all in his ass. And I think in the big, big games, when you come into the nitty-gritty end of the season and he's still there, he's, that will cost us. I'm not saying he will cost us, but not getting that specialist position nailed and done and dusted will cost us. There's rumours about this lad from Brazil coming in in January. And it is much oh, needed. Man. You know, it's, it's, it's much needed because we're still way, way short. McAllister... <laughs> 
he's not he's not bad player for me. He's not bad player. So the recruitment and the signings, you know, Sablozai, whatever his name fucking is, he's been an absolute gem. Fair play to him, he's been outstanding. But aside from that, you know, you've got Gravenberg, who does look a player, by the way. I'd love to see him get a run of games. But I just hope we don't try and make him out to be a number six because he's not a number six. He's a ball carrier. He needs to play. Like, you get the ball off your six and he can take you 20, 30, 40 yards forward in a blink of an eye. And I think the big key for me this season, and I'm actually surprised at it, is Van Dyke's looking like Van Dyke. I think that's one of the key things for us. And when Van Dyke is like he, he is... But it's but a different side. It is it's like having a world class centre back signing coming again. I might have to go back and delete some of your videos, Tank, where you were saying he was going to be signing for for the dog and duck on a sun on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday. I think you I think you'd written his obituaries and all sorts last season. Uh Jim, I wanna coming to striker, uh the only striker on the on the podcast. Can we talk about my mate Darwin Nunes for a bit, please? Ah because he that guy Look, he's absolutely not the finished article. I'm not sitting he's here, but he's yeah, he does. He's just he's fun. Now he is. He's got a goal involvement every 56 minutes this season, and you got to see something there last night, which kind of he's mad that fella. Like he'll score a worldie and then miss a miss a sitter. You've seen it perfectly over the goal where the now to be fair, it was dead windy, right? Not to sound like Klopp blaming oh the weather, my God. But, but it, no, and he oh he miscontrolled the ball. No, I'm telling don't. you. The, the ball was look. He should have brought it under control, but he miscontrolled the ball anyway. The 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 uh, Bournemouth fans were all jeering him. He goes and gets the ball, cuts inside. The Liverpool fans start start singing his name as he's on the ball, and then he whips it into the top bin. If there was anything that sums up Darwin Nunes, it's just it's madness. But what what have you made of his evolution? Because for me, Jim, roasting to glasses off, I I think he's become an integral part of this Liverpool team, and when he doesn't play. You really do notice it to you. I, yeah, well, I definitely is do. Inte- <clears throat> no, <clears throat> excuse me, he's an integral part of this team to you. I don't think he's an integral part to Klopp. I don't think Klopp still rates it. I don't think he rates him still. What I don't think he rates him. I really don't. I think if you look at his numbers, he doesn't particularly play. I mean. He's scoring now, I get that, but I don't think I still don't think so. Klopp... You're just going to ignore that bit that he's scoring now, yeah? Because to be he's fair, going... when when new players come in, Klopp leaves them out the team for ages. No, I'm not, they I'm not learn talking the way about to play. new. I'm not talking about early doors. I'm talking about now. He scored against Toulouse and Bournemouth in the Euro, Euro, Euro Europa League uh, and in the Carabao Cup. So. He's, he's... He's got one of the, if not the best, goals and assists ratio in the Premier so I'm looking League. at, I'm, I'm on Darwin Nunes' goals and assists right now. Yeah, I know. And I'm telling you, if yeah. you compare them against all the other strikers yeah. in the Premier one League. One goal against Forest, a goal Jim. against West Ham, Jim. two against Newcastle, and Jim. that's it. Jim, you're not listening to what Villa. I'm saying. I understand Jim. what you're saying, but my point is, the stats that you put out last time, in which... Uh, invoked the Harvey Elliott debate was he's got a goal and assist every 56 minutes, right? Yeah. But that could mean he's coming off the bench for 15 minutes when everyone's goose running like a madman, getting an, a sideways pass, which you hate for Harvey Elliott. You hate that an assist can be a two-yard pass for someone to tap in. That's what you've said previously, right? 
Right. So Darwin Nunes could do that, or he could come on and score a goal, and he gets a goal and assist in 15 minutes. So always goal and assists in. So you're blaming in, you're blaming a lad for doing his job. I'm not. I'm not blaming him at all. Where I'm not. And I think he's a good down here. Yeah. And, where are you going with this, Jimbo? I'm not sure where you're going. My you're point actually, is, you're lauding him as this thing. I think Darwin Nunes is a very good player. I think he's very raw. I think he's a uh, you know he he does stuff off the cuff that is mad. But you you just said he's an integral part of the team, and he's not. I don't think he is. I don't think he. I don't think Klopp will start him in tough Premier League games, and that will. And I'll happily eat my words, but you've not had any particular big games so far this season. The Premier League, I don't think. Away to yeah, Newcastle, Newcastle when he scored two. Newcastle early doors, okay, I'll give you that. But there were early doors when Newcastle weren't playing particularly well. They, they were sort of 40, 50. Uh, there's always, the there's always, I've just, yeah, yeah, there's always. Not, though. Am I not saying truth? When Newcastle 14th or 15th after three games, they lost. Liverpool are the only team to beat Newcastle at St. James's Park in a very long time. Okay, and that's fine. I'll give you that. It's a, right? it's a big game. But early doors, Newcastle struggled, and I'll I'll look at the if you want, I'll go and see the teams they lost against because they were they were down there and we'll talk around. Is Eddie Howe too small for that job? Early doors. So I'll give you that, right? But if you not other than that, you played Chelsea first game of the season. You lost to Tottenham, okay, and we'll, we all know what happened there. But they're the only real games that you've had, right? So what's your point? So Darwin Nunes didn't even start that Newcastle game, did he? Yeah, no, he didn't. Came off the bench. So what's the point? So my point is, I don't think Klopp still wants... I don't think he's the main striker for Liverpool. I think he'd rather play Diego Jota over Darwin Nunes. Diego? Diego who's he playing? Diogo or Diego? Diego, Diogo. His head's however. gone, Tank. His head's gone. How is it? Your head's gone because I'm saying that Klopp isn't having Nunes when you're acting like Nunes is the next bloody Pele when he scored a few goals coming off the bench against awful teams and you've not really had a tough game oh, hold, hold yet. Hold on, hold on. How is he? See, this is the stuff with the Nunes that annoys me. It's like everyone looks for reasons to knock down what he's doing. So, so you're telling me it's a bad thing that... A, and by the way, he scored goals when he started. He scored goals when he's come off the bench. So either way, he's a threat. He has. So, Jimmy, the, the stat you're going at just irrelevant. That's like us saying, well, you can't blame the Man United young forward because he's had diff he's played in difficult games and he's not scored. Your stats are loads of bollocks, mate. He's, his How stat are they? Is, he's got he's got a goal or an assist every 56 minutes. It's off the fucking charts, no matter who. It's not off the charts. It really isn't. It's like going, oh, it's not off the charts. Not off the charts. It's not off the charts because he's played like he started one, two, three. He started three better, Premier mate, League. No, four. Minutes. He started four Premier League games. Which is how many have we played, Jim? Less <laughs> how so many games have we played this season? Ten. Okay, and he's been injured he and come less back from half the games. Jim, he's, he's been injured and come back from international duty. Games. So. Okay. I don't, I don't get what the point is here. So you're the saying Jesus? I'd say it's even more impressive. I'm saying he's not an integral part. To little, I don't think Jurgen Klopp sees him as an integral part at this at this stage. He's, and he's, the numbers would suggest Liverpool, that he's undoubtedly Liverpool next to Salah the most important attacking player. You ask Mo Salah about him, then Mo Salah. Well, why is he not starting every game? Because he's been injured, mate. An international. Oh, right. told he's told you. Okay. That's the okay. reason. So he's, and he's still prone, yes. so then he's still coming off the bench and scoring. So he's an integral player, but he's injury prone. No, what? 
you're, you're, you're struggling here. You're struggling I'm not here. struggling because how you just said he's not starting every game because he's, he's been injured. No, what I said so, is he's, he's, out, he's been away in uh, South America for three okay. t- three games this season. I think it's three, Jamie, is it? He's had yeah. three international breaks this season or two and he's come back and he's not started them games. And then he cut, he played in a midweek game and he had the tight hamstring. I think that was the reason he never started against Tottenham. It might have been, Jamie, I can't quite remember. Or one of them he never game started one. against. So, so that's four games. And a, 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 that aside, when he's fit, he's been a starter. He's been a starter. The beginning of the season... He wasn't the main number nine. It looked like it was a Gakpo ahead of him. But then when he started coming on and changing games in the blink of an eye, Klopp was like, yeah, you're starting now. So I don't really know. The the, the road you're going down is like, you're fucking, you're arguing against yourself. I'm you're not saying, arguing against you yourself. All I am saying is, Jürgen... Better because he doesn't play. So when I'm, he's saying, I'm not saying... And there's more I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm saying Jürgen Klopp doesn't see him as an integral part of the team that like you just said he is. And that's what I, that's my opinion. Otherwise, you would stop. Now you're saying he's injured, so I'm saying he's injury prone. So he's even he's even one or the other. Is so he you, no? You, what not? you said was that um, a goal or an assist every fifty six minutes isn't impressive. That is, not, I don't think my it mind. is. But that's my point. I don't at this moment. If if he started every single game and he got a goal and assist every fifty six minutes, I go that is bloody brilliant. But he started four games. But Jimmy, that's just, that's even so more. Yeah, he's so, coming off the bench and still impacting games. Against, he's coming off the bench against bloody, I don't know, Union SG, or coming off the bench against bloody Bournemouth or Wolves, and getting a goal and assist like that. You look at Anthony for Man United. You come off the bench for United the other day and should have got sent off and throwing tantrums and punching people and kicking. So that tells you more about the lad's character again. What you're, you're taking, you're, I'm not saying he's not a good player. No, no, let's go back to the goals and assists every 56 minutes. You're, so I would look at that and go, hold on, whether he's starting or he's on, coming off the bench, he's impacting games, he's having a good attitude and he's getting goals and assists. Which I can't fine, see how that's a right? negative. Which is fine. You I'm said it wasn't negative. I'm saying, I'm saying, so this is my point about the Harvey Elliott stats, right? I'm oh, saying... Not Harvey so Elliott. No. No, you're, you're using this stat to say how good Darwin Nunez is. You. When he's you're struggling, he's so powerful. The stats are skewed. Your stats are skewed because he's played about... If you tally up the actual minutes he's played, it's it's... It's minimal. He's played 490 So that makes minutes. it even more impressive, you know, because... It doesn't know, oh does it? Because... God. If he actually started, then he should. Then his minutes would go up, and his goals and assists would should remain the same. So if you put a player on for ten minutes and he bags two goals, that's not impressive. But so you're no, saying Oli Gunnar Solskjaer was the best player yes. in the world because yes. he came off the bench and scored a load of goals. But did, did he score goals when he started as well? Because Nunes is doing both. But he hasn't started the game. Jimmy, he, so the he game started the last start. three games and scored three goals. What are you talking about? Against Toulouse. LSK and Bournemouth. No, Forest. 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 Oh, that, the powerhouse that is Nottingham Forest. See, you're right. just trying to do, like, you're trying to do <laughs> down everything that he's doing. The point is, I'm not trying to do down. I'm not. But you're acting like he's the next saviour, right? That he's this integral part to Liverpool. I never said saviour. I said he's a, he's a key part of Liverpool. Was, is he becoming integral to Liverpool? And the answer is yes. Well, the, the the answer to the question will remain. Let's see if he starts when you've got a big game. That and that is the answer to this argument. But what's that got to do with anything? Because my point is, 
I don't think Jurgen Klopp sees him as an integral part that you think he is. Okay. That's my point. But I've seen Liverpool play games where, depending on the opposition, he'll pick different front lads. And if he has Darwin Nunes, who can run the last 20, 30 minutes and get two goals, and maybe you're playing Man City and you want to make it a 60, 70-minute football game and then bring on Darwin Nunes and or another player, and then he scores two goals, you're going to go, fucking hell, look at Nunes there scoring goals off the bench. That's a fucking bad stat, that. The, the game, the, so you can still be a key player, but you pick a team based on the opposition. You don't just always pick your best 11 all the time. That's not how football works these days. No? I mean... It, I, you have a little think there. Go on. How, how are you going to get that? Little thing. That's, your, that's your argument. If it's me, personally, I think you pick your best team. I'm not saying you pick it every single game. Hence why he's playing against Toulouse in the Europa League. You, you, but, you pick your team for, for the he's, competition he's you're in. Or to injury. Yeah, he's just getting missed missed the game before. Like, okay, so he's back to the injury proneness. Right? Oh, for fuck's oh, sake. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying Darwin Nunes isn't a good player. He's coming, he's done well. well he's, he's, he's scoring and he's player. assisting. Shit. He's injury prone. I'm just saying stats are shit. I'm just saying it's And you said his hair is shit as well. I'm Fucking just saying it's skewed because he's played minimal minutes. What I'm saying is I would like to see him get a run of games and I would like to see him start in the big games to tell me that he's an integral part of this Liverpool team. He is getting a run of games and he is impacting every is, single one of the now. games. He's played against Toulouse and Bournemouth in the Cups that you play your rotation. But that's not, but it isn't just that though, Jim. He's played in the Who Premier League. Who've Liverpool got? Who've Liverpool got this weekend, Tank? Is it looting away? Looting away it is, yeah. Oh, yeah, he'll get 85 goals there and he'll be the best striker in the world. <laughs> I've never known anyone as, as a striker that can mock someone for scoring goals in consecutive <laughs> games and getting assists. It's absolutely it's, wild to me. It's well, not, listen, I'm not being funny, right? And Don't take this the wrong way, Jimmy. This is the issue with fans like Jimmy of football who all have this mass agenda against Darwin Nunes. There's no agenda Hold on, Jim. Let's, 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 I am not saying there's an agenda Let's hang finish there, Jim. Jimmy, there is. And honestly, I'm not, I don't take this the wrong way, mate. Your rant here is just so bizarre. And it's what happens with Darwin Nunes because you look at some of the signings and you could pluck quite a few of them. You could even go as far as the Chelsea, you know, the new the lad they've got up front. You could go to the Anthony. You could go to the Man United's new sign and the forward, the young kids who are not doing anything but then you see your opposition fans when Nunes misses a sitter and there's gifts about him and he's shit and he's this and he's this and he's this. And I guarantee you every single fucking Premier League manager would snap your hand off if you could sign Darwin Nunes. Now, every single one of them, including including City, Arsenal, United, Chelsea, every single club would snap your arm off for Darwin Nunes because I'm telling you now as an ex-defender, he is everything what I would absolutely fucking despise to play against week in, week out. And to say his stats are not impressive with a goal or an assistive moment every 50 I didn't say they were. I said they were skewed. You're using stats. It's not impressive. And but, to think that, it's kind of like the agenda against it because if we're sitting here now and say, for instance, the kid of uh, Man United come in and the forward and I he mean, had a goal and an assist every 56 minutes, everyone would be going, that's the best sign and that's ever been seen. He's unbelievable. He's up there with Haaland. So, but you said Harlan should get dropped a couple of weeks ago and he's got to score a shitload of goals. Harlan averages eight touches per game. 
Great. And 80 goals a season. Who gives I would rather watch. I will pay money to go and watch Darwin Nunes over Haaland every single day of the week because what you're going to get is crazy chaos and put a smile on your face. I don't want to watch a forward who has averages eight touches a game, who swoops on the back post and has a couple of tappings a game. That's not that's not my end. Oh, so them stats aren't life. good enough, right? They're not good enough. And he's, he's his, his tapping stats. Nine. He's probably the best number nine in world football. He's not someone who I'll pay to watch. I want to watch chaos. I want to watch Ronaldo and all the Messi's. I don't want somebody who have eight touches in the game and score two goals with two back post tappings. That's not enjoyment of football. Would I have Haaland at Liverpool? Fucking right it would, because he guarantees your goals. But that's my opinion. He's not an enjoyment to what I don't go to Haaland. People are going on about the Ballon d'Or. Why is he winning the Ballon d'Or for having fucking 50, he's going 50 goals? Post. Yeah, but the, the football's a bit more than that. I want to see like how is it a bit more? You just smile. One minute, and this is my point exactly. Using stats one minute to say how good Darwin Nunes is, and then we use stats to say how good Hall, but it's shit stats, it's tappings. Gary Lineker only scored inside the box. He didn't say, say that. I never said that, mate. He didn't so, say that. What I'm saying, I've said to you, Harland is probably the best number nine in world football as gold. He is fucking phenomenal as a football fan and enjoyment. He's dull. You're watching this fucking worldwide superstar, which what he's portrayed to. He averages eight touches a game. Fucking hell, mate. And I bet you the fucking couple of them is if Man City can see them, it's a free, it's a kickoff. That's not that's not something that I want to watch. Would I have him at Liverpool? I said yes. All the stats impressive. The fucking phenomenal. Yes. But he's not so let me just reiterate, because you're saying I've got this agenda against Darwin Nunes. I didn't say so, that. I said your it, rant is. He like, said my rant. It wasn't a rant. I just want to reiterate the points that I actually made was, is I think his stats are skewed this season due to limited numbers. However, it's still impressive coming off the bench. That's 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 a given. I, Jamie, you said he's an integral part. My point was I don't think Klopp sees him as an integral part. And that is just my opinion due to, I don't think he starts him in enough games. Now, you're saying it's because he's injured. Fine. For me, at this point, I think Darwin Nunes is a really good player and I think he does what he wants, he, he, he needs to do at this moment in time. But I don't think he does what Klopp wants him to do, hence why he doesn't start. And I don't think that Klopp thinks he's an integral part of this Liverpool team, but I'm not saying in any way, shape or form, he's a bad player. I think Klopp has said uh, on numerous occasions now that his pressing from the front um, is... Is immeasurably better, and that's why he's, he's he's playing more, and he's also now delivering the goals and assists at a rate at a rate better than anyone else in the Premier League. So I just don't know how the lad can be be knocked down for it. But I got lots from that question, so I'm absolutely delighted with how it panned out. To be honest, thanks for <laughs> I wasn't thanks for playing. Again. <laughs> thanks I wasn't for playing your part. Darwin Nunes again. <laughs> I, knew I'd, I knew I'd get I'd get some bites. Tank, I want to finish on a quick one from you, right? And it because it annoyed me. Um, West Ham fans booing Declan Rice. Right. Did they actually? Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, I just wow. This and they they come out and and it was like they they were explaining you know they, they were basically saying that they plan to boo Declan Rice and give him stick and all this and I this blew my mind because Declan Rice has been an unbelievable servant to West Ham, an unbelievable captain. He has generated what was it hundred million odd for for the club to reinvest then hundred and ten. Yeah, I, I, they, he finished by lifting silverware, the first European trophy in God knows how long. Is that just a sign of like what football fans have just become all a bit pantomime now? Because for me, if there was ever a player that deserved to be applauded on and off the pitch, it would be Declan Rice. I, I just don't get it. 
yeah, and I'm a, I'm a little bit of taken back by that. I didn't see watch that game to be honest, but so I didn't I weren't aware of that. But I do find that very strange, as you said. You know what he's done there. He's come through the ranks. He's yeah, it's a fucking total and utterly bizarre one. You know, as you say, he lifted silverware. What more? How you can't go out on a better high than that, can you? Lifting the European trophy for your for your boyhood club and saying thanks, I'm going to try and win the league or you know get into the Champions League with another club now. But thank you very much. It's like. And plus, there's 120 million for me. That's exactly it. And, I, I, and it was the same, you know, when when Grealish was moving to, to City. Like, I think there has to be an element of, look, you don't want to lose your best players. But if, no disrespect to the clubs, but if you're West Ham, Jim, or you're Aston Villa and you have a Grealish or you have a Rice, and you're realistically not going to win too many of the biggest trophies, shall we say, with, with those clubs, but you have an opportunity to go compete and play in the Champions League consistently. Like, at any level, if a player has an opportunity to go and do something that will develop them, give them better opportunities. I just don't get, I don't get that side of football. Surely just wish them the best. As long as they're not going for pittance and they see down the contract and they don't get more, you know, that that's a bit of a naughty one, but these, these players have both got their, their clubs weighed in big time with money. So this is the thing, isn't it? It's about how they've gone and who they go to. So as uh, you take Declan Rice, for instance, he probably, for me, stayed a year too long and uh, gave him the extra year and actually won won the, the Europa Conference League or whatever one it was. And so he's done him, actually, I think he's done him a favour by staying for that extra year. Surely fans know that you get these absolute worldy players that are going to outgrow the team. There's a reason. There's a probably reason why Mark Noble stayed at West Ham for so long. Is he probably? I can't imagine him having a load of offers like Arsenal coming in or stuff like. He might have had some offers in and around, but and it wasn't in. It wasn't the right thing to do. But he's not got the opportunity to to sort of better himself and go play in the Champions League football. Grealish and Rice both had that opportunity, got the clubs weighed in massively, and left under the right conditions. They didn't go on strike. They gave them the time. They did what they needed to do. And then it was, you know, a handshake by both the clubs to let them go. So the fact that they're booing him for me is just, it's just modern football, isn't it? It's the pantomime villain. It's the, it's, um, it's the social media age of, oh, let's all boo him because he's, it's Declan Rice and he's left us and he, he does, but, Surely they know deep down that that was the right move for him to do. And I think most of them would. Absolutely. Uh, lads, what have you got on for the rest of the week? Thank you. Uh, you're busy. How's Jack getting on? He's doing really well, mate. He uh, was with the 21s the other day, but unfortunately he got called off. Um, and I think he's got Coventry away, I think, on Saturday. He's making more. the trip. Yeah, yeah. They go everywhere to watch him, don't they? So I'll be going down there. On my way that Saturday, lad. Is it? I'll ring you when I'm, I'm not here, home. though. I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you on the way home. <laughs> Jimbo, what about you, lad? Nice, busy. I've got a, I've got a, a nice uh, dinner tomorrow. Black tie event. Lovely. And then Saturday, I've got my nephew's twenty-first birthday. Oh, twenty-first. Yeah, we're doing the Otley Run in Leeds. What's and, the Otley um, Run? So it's like a massive row of pubs on a like a big road oh, in Leeds. Jimbo, that see, I you've not got it in your anymore, I've mate. Not you're got it in me, mate. I'm worried. It's at half eleven start. 
Are you going to try and be like fun time, Jimmy? Like, I am. I'm fun Uncle Jim, aren't I? Like, so this is the issue I've got. It's fancy dress, and I want to dress up. I want to be like proper. That was Nunes. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hit the target later, lad. Oh, there he is. There he is. Go on, lad. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I've, I've ordered my outfit, and I'm not happy with it. I've left it too late, and I'm, I'm a bit gutted. But yeah, it's gonna. Uh, we're getting the train at like I think eleven o'clock from Hull to Leeds. A.M. Yeah. Oh, um, you're good. See, I'm a great daytime drinker. I've, I've got a good engine on me. You, you yeah. I, I believe about you there. I can drink in the days when it gets later. Like, don't expect me past eight. But the thing is, our train homes. I think eleven. Good 12 hour <laughs> session, man. Yeah. And that's a long session with 21 year olds, a load of kids. It's the lack of sleep that does me because we had uh, we had a Halloween party there over the weekend. Our, our best mates mates invited us over. And like we let we left at five in the morning. And it's and yeah. it's like I, I I'd much rather if you said to me, Jay, we're going out at 12 o'clock in the day, boozing, and you'll be home in bed by 12. Oh, I'd yeah. be delighted. Get a curry on the way home. 12's late, lad, 10. But but that's you know what I mean. You get a curry on the way home. Happy days. Good night, Kip. Get up the next day. You're sorted. It's just it's the days now where what am I? Am I 38 or 39, Jim? I think I'm. Oh yeah, 39. Old, you're 38 turning. Well, you just turned. I'm 39 you? in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, oh, I just can't do the lack of sleep. If I don't have sleep, I'm I'm done. Um. So just get out early. Good yeah. performance. Don't be a grumpy bastard. And then do an, an Irish goodbye and slip away. So this is the issue in that I'm out Friday. Normally, I don't, I don't sleep at all. I wake up early, stupid early. So normally I get I try and get a good sleep in the night before. But I'm out the Friday. I'm going to try and not drink. But you know what that like? So you have a few. I'm staying in a hotel. So I've got to get to bed. I've got to get home because we've got to leave about half seven to get to Hullfoot, like half ten to get the train at 11. So it's just, it's like the worst pre- preparation for a, a session for an old man like me. <laughs> two days on the bounce. Got to fend like, for yourself. Two days on the bounce. No one's yeah, telling you what to do. Yeah, this is going to end. Uncle Jim's going to be fast asleep in the corner by one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Uh, right on that note I look forward to see it here and how it goes next week Jim don't ruin the party don't make a fool of yourself and, and put in a good performance I can't promise that uh, <laughs> right with that lads good to catch up as always let's see if we can get it boxed off early next week on time you know uh, oh yeah Jimmy's tank is a, a, yeah no one could see if they don't watch on YouTube for those uh, that don't uh, Jimmy has a cup of coffee with tank is a C-U-N-T uh, written I'm, just, I'm not going to say it because my mum listens so. yeah. uh, yes this is me, the, one of my wife's favourite mugs and this is permanent markers I'm just hoping it comes off <laughs> good one lad <laughs> uh, right everybody that's listening at home thank you for all your messages asking where the hell we are apologies it's a little bit late we'll try and be better next week hope you're all looking after yourselves and do us a favour share the podcast like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, but most importantly, look after yourselves and we'll be with you again next week. All the best. Take it easy, boys. Cheers, guys. <laughs>